0: Hi everyone. My name is Tish Conlan, and here's another episode of Tish Talk. I have a guest, a local guest who's been on the show before, David Ward, with me today. He's an artist, uh, local artist, has some beautiful uh, work I've seen, as well as being a former futures floor trader, and he has a deep a- interest in the financial sector and a very knowledgeable. Um, so I'm welcoming him today. And before we get started, I just want to encourage everyone to. Uh, subscribe to my channels, whichever one you prefer, uh, BitChute, Rumble, as well as my audio podcast on Spotify and Apple. Um, And uh, other than that, uh, I hope you enjoy it. So welcome, David. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Tish. Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh, yeah, my pleasure. So today we're going to take a deep dive into the, uh, you know, the financial collapse and uh, that's uh, imminent, and uh, get your thoughts on a few things, how people can prepare themselves, hopefully come out in um, one piece or maybe even ahead of the game, who knows? So um, yeah, so let's just start right off with that. What's happening out there,
1: David? Well, I mean, one of the things I always like to, tr- to, to do is sort of put people's minds at ease a little bit because things are seldom as bad as they seem to be. And right. um, to say the collapse is imminent, uh, could be, but Nobody really knows for sure. Time has been marching on. And um, there are signs since the last time we spoke, one of the big things was the the interest rate hikes. Yes. um, that's huge because what is not generally understood is that in a 0% reserve system, you can't push interest rates over 1% without causing havoc. And yet the Bank of Canada financial people um, are dealing with this, dealing with the problems today as though we're in the old system, but we're not. Since 1994, we entered this new 0% reserve system, something nobody talks about. Um, and we will, we will feel the consequences. Of this.
0: Can can you just quickly explain to those who maybe didn't tune in into the last time what the zero percent um yes. well, means?
1: Just to just very quickly. You no, know, it's fascinating and it's it's um uh, it's deep banking stuff um that mm-hmm. that nobody talks about, but in 2016. Jacob Rothschild came out, made an announcement on the main page of the Rothschild Bank. So, you know, you can decide whether to listen to me or not, but this is probably someone who knows a little bit about banking.
0: Um,
1: And he said, uh, we are sailing in uncharted. This is a monetary experiment and we are sailing into uncharted waters. And he recommended all of his clients. They recommended all of their clients to get into gold. That was 2016. Wow. Uh, So this thing has been playing out for... For a while, I just wrote a, a, an essay recently um, that will be published, and I talked about the, the the resets that have happened to this point that got us to this point before, prior to the great reset. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one in Canada would be in 1974, when um, as a result of the CORDAT which was a uh, it was one of those meetings with the B- Bank for International Settlement in Switzerland, um, which brought all international banks sort of in line. Um, they made it a policy that central banks would not buy bonds from the government directly. So at um, the, the end of interest-free money for countries, um, if governments needed money at that point, they had to go into the, the financial, the international debt market and actually borrow that money. So that's where our interest charges started racking up. And you can look at many charts of Canada's debts. And that's where it starts. So that wow. went under the table. We didn't feel the effect of that until probably fifteen years later. But so when bit.
0: was that again? What was that? Seventy-four.
1: Seventy-four.
0: Wow, it started back then. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it goes back then. What we're experiencing today is not something that just happened. It's been in the works. It's been playing out for a long time. Deliberately
0: by design.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Would you say deliberately by design? This well, is of all,
1: course. all. I mean, yes, for sure. We, um, whether that. Whether that's an evil scheme or not is another thing. It's certainly by design because this is hugely profitable for the banks. The banks do not want governments using their own money to do things, to build roads, to pay when they can borrow money, pay interest to the banks to do all these things. And Mm -hmm. of course, the effect of that is invisible for a long time until the debt load gets to a point that suddenly you start noticing how much interest you're paying on these Right. It's right. like a, it's like your credit card. You don't notice right. it for a few months, and then <laughs> I can barely make the minimum payment now. You don't <laughs> know, what interest. Yeah. You just and that's keep... exactly exactly what we experienced then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then the next, the next big hit was in um, two thousand uh, sorry, nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety four, and that was when the Basel Accords. You've maybe heard of the Basel one, two, II, and three.
0: Yes, I have heard
1: of it, but the details of that just kind of like who yeah. knows? It seems so boring. What that uh, was about actually was capital requirements to make sure that banks could withstand various economic shocks. And since they'd accumulated so much debt, um, they were highly, highly leveraged. You know, in two thousand, the two thousand eight financial crisis, two thousand and seven financial crisis, banks were leveraged. Eighty-eight to one and more. Some of them were over a hundred to one. Lehman wow! Jeez, you know, how did they get
0: to there? Yes,
1: which is crazy. And we're there now. Like I mean, we're, they're, they're supposed—they have supposed to take, supposed to have taken steps to. Make things a little less um, vulnerable, but that isn't the case. We're just there. We're the banks are just as exposed now as they as they ever were. So the so let me get back to that point. Basel one uh, was introduced phased in between uh, nineteen. That was nineteen eighty eight. That it happened, but it was phased in between ninety one and ninety four. So from ninety four on. We went from what was known as a fractional reserve system to a 0% reserve system. And, and you can go on the Bank of Canada website and it actually says that in little footnotes. In Places,
0: so. And fractional reserve, just for though, is a just as a quick uh, update for people who aren't uh, savvy to that. What's the difference between fractional reserve and zero reserve? So they have to have a little bit left in the bank as a fractional reserve, and they don't have to have any for zero reserve. Is exactly. That, you know, if okay. they like out
1: a hundred dollars, they should have say ten percent of that in okay. the bank in case somebody comes in and wants their money.
0: Uh, okay.
1: You know, um, the capital I... adequacy means you don't have to keep reserves. Your credit is good enough. You keep oh. enough cash on hand to meet day-to-day requirements. But it's not a reserve system anymore. Mm. Um, in okay. 2018, the entire Swiss population went to the polls. It was called the Swiss Sovereign Money Initiative, and they had a referendum to return that country to a 100% full reserve, full reserve banking oh, system. Really. Yeah, it didn't pass, um, but in just a few short months, the people pushing that forward uh, were able to communicate well enough to the population that 25%, one in four of the people in Switzerland said, yeah, that's a great idea. Why are we borrowing money from the bank? Why are the banks multiplying money up and ch- pulling interest off every time mm-hmm. they lend this money? Um so they, it didn't pass because the bank lobby is very powerful there. And, we're, we're and the everywhere.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So, you know, they got it all wrong. Um, so that didn't pass. But my point the thing that was so encouraging about that was that very quickly this esoteric subject was communicated to the people. They understood, a lot of them, and were motivated to do something about it. Now, we probably would have had a chance to revisit this or they would have had a chance to revisit this but then came COVID. So everybody's been thinking about other things. Since.
0: Oh, do you think it will come up again? Like, is this a solution? I know we, we were...
1: Yes, yes, and and that brings us right back to where we are right now, which is the end of the current system. So um, the 0% reserve system is no longer sustainable because um, it is a a policy scheme by every definition. When you put that money out in circulation, um, the only money out there in circulation is in the form of, of loans, and you're drawing interest off that all the time. So you need to keep putting more and more loans out into the system. Um, to pay the interest on the previous loans. And there is a point where that is no longer sustainable. Uh, so, um, and that's kind of, that's where we are right now. We have a, what they call a zombie economy to phrase
0: it yes.
1: Um It is only going because the central banks around the world have been allowed to create enough money to put out there to fill the gap as bank credit has disappeared with l- every month loan payments, mortgage payments, or whatever, that money is gone. That money didn't exist to begin with because wow. the banks either multiplied it up or created that out of nothing, ex nihilo is, is the term they use on the, at the uh, Federal Reserve. Um, that money is gone, it doesn't exist. So we would be in a blood-curdling depression, actually, d- despite all the talk about inflation. Right. Uh, we would be experiencing completely the opposite if the central banks had not been allowed to put money into circulation. So that's kind of where we
0: are right now Uh, what do you see happening um over the next say uh short term six months to one year i mean the average person even now and i don't mean average as you know i just say that a regular person just even on mainstream media um who works can feel the impact of the gas prices the inflation you know uh, mortgages are going up payments are going up and now we're hearing about food security uh and food issues as well as you know the there's all sorts of rumbles about the stock market going down potentially crashing who knows what do you Mm -hmm. see the realistic outcome over the the next six to six months to one year
1: or Uh, can you can you see so the, the question is if the old monetary system has come to an end what is it going to be replaced with Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is, we've been told this many times by the Bank for International Settlement and the Canadian Bankers Association and Mark Carney, and it's going to be central bank digital currency and digital ID. So this won't actually even be money. So they can take these the games that they've been playing to a whole new level. This is a, a payment system. Um, you will be essentially using credits based on your behavior—that's <laughs> ultimately what it's going to. Yeah, highly restrictive. That is the system they want to bring in. It's not going to be easy because people have a visceral understanding as soon as they hear about this that that's not something they want. You know, why would you want a social credit system that rewards you for doing the right thing and penalizes you for doing the wrong thing?
0: Well, uh, and let's let's qualify right and wrong because we both know, having been involved in the freedom movement, that. Right is the narrative given by our government, which is full of propaganda and lies. Um, Wrong is speaking out for the truth or for freedom or even, um, you know, for uh, against censorship. So I don't think anyone in a democratic country wants that sort of Chinese style communist. uh, And that's
1: exactly what it is. It is exactly the same no matter what they tell you. That is what it is. And thank goodness for China doing all the crazy things that they've been doing because we get to see how this will work if it's implemented. And there's, you know, we how able- it
0: won't work, how it's not working.
1: <laughs> well, how it will work for them and how it will Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, kudos. That's great. You know, I mean, it's terrible, but thank you for the heads up. <laughs> if, yeah, if
0: Yes. When they get there? Do you think it's going to, they're going to be able to ram this through? Uh, there's yes. enough people no, who have no, their heads in the sand and just don't care.
1: Um, I think enough people, as I say, have a visceral, intuitive understanding that they don't want this. So they don't need to necessarily understand all the details. They need—they know what they don't want, um, but what is the alternative? And that's the question. So there are two things. Yes. First of all, we are not The financial collapse is not imminent in that sense, because the central bank can continue to do what it did, what it has been doing indefinitely. And that's not a bad thing. This is the thing that always shocks people. The government's printing money. Well, no, they're replacing the retired bank credit, which is earning interest for the banks with sovereign debt free money, Mm -hmm. commonwealth public equity, whatever you wanna call it. This is old, old stuff. And our culture today has been um, not provided this information. So we don't understand how this stuff works. But back in the colonies in the United States, the average person understood this stuff. This is like something you need to know you know to be able to function in an economy and the media has removed that the government has removed that there is no talk about this stuff so we literally are at a loss we don't know what to do because we have no basics basic knowledge of money mechanics and monetary theory and as crazy as that sounds the average colonist in the united states 200 years ago they talked about this stuff at a town meetings. Yeah. See, knowledge we know?
0: need town halls we need to get together and talk about this in communities and debate and argue and discuss so that we can learn and be be more informed we can't rely on our mainstream media anymore it's been dumbed down so much and so full of falsehoods that you're just it's it serves no purpose you know i say turn off the Tell a vision,
1: (laughs) yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, get informed. So let's let's just. I have a a quick question. Say you were talking about the game of Monopoly, using that as an analogy for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because the government is the banker and they can print endless money. And if, you know, how how, how can you k- relate to people in terms of the game of monopoly? Um, well, that's the best
1: analogy I've ever heard. And that was Catherine Austin Fitz. The first time I ever heard her. I mean, Now, we're going back a lot of years now.
0: She's great. Um,
1: she is. Yeah, she's something else. She knows her stuff. Uh, yes. and she used the analogy of today's economy is a game of monopoly in which the banker is a player. And yes. First time around the work board, the bank gets to buy everything, all the hotels, all the yes. Hotels. And that's what's that's where we are now. But they're cleverer than that. They're not going to do that first time around the board. It's been a slow incremental thing because everyone, mm-hmm. if everyone sees the banks buying up or the financial elite buying up everything immediately, they're going to clue in. But it's been a slow process taking place since 1974 in Canada. You know, mm-hmm. different times in different countries. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Iceland. Iceland privatized all their banking system in 2000. and 2007, the country was destroyed. It took seven years to destroy the Icelandic economy when they did, because they are 300,000 people. They don't have much of a buffer. <laughs> and right.
0: Oh. I mean,
1: timing is everything, you know, as well. But um
0: what do you mean there? Like they? So just in terms of what we're talking about, so they privatized. What do you mean by that? Like that? The, the you mean the business? The corporations extracted all the funds from their. Economy? They combined
1: private banking into into their system.
0: Oh right, okay. It's
1: national banking. They they became a banking center, uh, oh. and it just took seven years for them to wow. destroy that economy economy well they didn't destroy it it's like the world kind of stopped and they were the most vulnerable being the smallest economy
0: right okay so back to the like the monopoly analogy so we have these banks extracting money out of the game that they're playing so it's totally unfair they can print endless money where the rest of us have to wait till we pass go to get our 200 bucks um and then use that wisely and then they're working with the big business um, and extracting money for them too. So their partnership, you know, this public partner, the three Ps is, yeah. So it's like, they get the big business and the big government and the rest of us get the little scraps. I mean, how can we shift the game so that everyone can play fairly?
1: Well, so, um, so just to back up, you know, the, the crash may not be imminent, Um, There are things we can do, you know, until as long as we push back that central bank digital currency and that CBDC for as long as possible, it gives us breathing room. Um, And there there are things that should be on the table right now. And as we've talked about this before, you know, I went up to meet with uh, Leslie and Lewis in Thunder Bay. At the right. Evening. Yes. I spoke with Roman Barber, I opened f- for him at one of the presentations recently. Um, and I've been sending them information relentlessly. And it seems that some of it is sort of sinking in. So I had 10 points. I have a, t- a list of 10 points um, that I sent to them, things that we can do because we need So what is the the new monetary system gonna be? If we lose this battle, this struggle, the banks are gonna have their way, the Bank for International Settlement will have its way and we'll have the CBDCs and the central bank digital currency. But we should be taking a note from Switzerland's book and returning to a 100% reserve system where we have actual sovereign money circulating. And every day of this, every day, that goes by we are actually winning this battle currently because every day the bank credit that's being retired earning interest for the banks is is decreasing and more sovereign money is coming into circulation so we're actually winning this battle we could oh, look at that's
0: it. great news unless yeah
1: understand that unless we understand that we're going to give up ground again mm, interesting so, yes you had talked about P3s. That's another thing that has to has to stop. We have to stop P3s. It was fascinating. Um, and I mentioned this in one of the talks that I gave recently that Pierre Polyev spoke to this um, at a meeting in Lindsay. He That's said, true. you and the Canada Infrastructure Bank. Now, the Canada Infrastructure Bank is responsible for implementing those P3s. And P3s is how the offshore world extracts money from a productive economy like Canada without us knowing that these public. H-
0: how are. does that happen, these P3s, just for people listening and you want to really get. get, so
1: get... Say uh, say the local government wanted to, well, say the federal government, so that's what we're talking about at this point, wants to build infrastructure. Um, a role they, yeah yeah, or an airport or whatever you know they can they can create that money themselves the central bank can create its own money issue bonds, which the central bank owns we pay interest on that debt but the the interest goes back to this to the central bank into the treasury comes back to us it's a closed loop that's what sovereign money is and that's why it's debt free it's not that there is isn't interest on it it's who is the interest going to
0: canada with that yeah.
1: money and that's the system we are in and it's a system that could work but mm-hmm. it just depends who owns the debt if the private right. private individuals hold our bonds we pay interest to them if mm-hmm. our own central bank holds our bonds we pay interest to ourselves effectively and oh, just- right as long as we're not creating more money than we are creating economic activity, we don't get inflation. Um, and that's that's the battle we're winning, winning right now because all of that debt, it was a total of 300, uh, $434 million was created over two years. Mm-hmm. But all those bonds are sitting at the Bank of Canada and any interest is paid on those, which is very low right now anyway, um, comes back to us. So that is debt free money. So saying, oh, my God, we've acquired all this debt and the world has acquired, what is the number, $27 trillion of new debt, Mm -hmm. it actually means almost nothing because most of that debt is held by sovereign nations, central banks, and the citizens are paying taxes to pay that interest to their own government and it comes back to them um,
0: oh and and so if i'm understanding correctly the the three p system uh mm-hmm. that the broken part is when a um, private company extracts that money out of our closed loose system and so we're we're beholden to them so we're not we're losing the loop it's uh it's getting mm-hmm. out of our country or our yeah. our own uh, public. Cool.
1: Exactly, exactly. So w- the point is, we don't need to borrow any of that money for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We are a sovereign, we are a, a monetarily sovereign country. And That's the, a term that everyone should know and understand. We don't need to borrow someone else's money to do nation building. You know, we did that until 1974 oh, okay. in Canada. Trend, you know, highways from coast to coast, railway from coast to coast, the St. Lawrence. Right. The Welland Canal, the third largest maritime fleet in the world, universal healthcare, care, um, university right. was paid for. All of that with a $70 billion rotating line of credit, essentially what it was, $70 billion dollars. Right. debt Until 1974, when we entered essentially a P3 on money creation, and we had to borrow money from the banks, uh, and that's where the debt started. And that's, that's what P3s are now. Um, so ending p3s pauliev said we're going to end that
0: what does does bernier say do you talk to maxine bernier because he's very knowledgeable on the economic side yeah and i
1: sit down and chat with him yes you really should
0: should, because he's very knowledgeable he pushes back against all of this as well and Mm -hmm. i think as a former conservative and having been a cabinet minister at a high level he's Mm -hmm. really aware of the, the scam yeah so write him to write him as well I'd be interested in
1: I that. certainly will I certainly yeah. will. I mean with the with I mean my focus is not conservative other than we have a leadership convention coming up and
0: yes I understand completely time
1: and there's a window of opportunity because those candidates need our votes and mm-hmm. they're going to be more yeah. to listen to someone if we promise them our, you yeah. know we have yes. a window of opportunity of access, and I thought we I have to focus on this right now. So absolutely,
0: no, uh, yeah, absolutely, okay. and <laughs> I know who knows if we're having a federal election this fall or not. I hear whispers, but it's very possible, isn't it? So we'll see. We'll see.
1: It really is, yeah. Yes.
0: So let's continue on this list. Very interesting. I love this. So, um, you know, so 100% reserve system and the three P's, a pushback on the digital currency, hopefully stop it. What else?
1: Yes. Yeah, so public banking. I mean, we, we, ha- and we have a model here in Canada already, the Alberta Treasury branch. I've been talking to people there. Um, it is run, it's a crown corporation, runs like the LCBO. Um, it generated, 2019 generated $1.7 billion for the profit for, for the province of Alberta. Um, we had something similar here. We had what's called POSO, the Province of Ontario Savings Office until it was dismantled by Mike Harrison and Bob Ray so it's like Uh,
0: my my concern with the anything now with public is you see the level of corruption and incompetence um you know i had a short stint in the public sector Mm -hmm. after university and every stereotype every like every you know everything you heard was Mm -hmm. was true now i have friends who work in the public sector who do a great job so i'm not to, to diss them but we already have such a bloated public sector and that's sort of that classic communist model as well get everyone working for the public sector so I mean I find that a little confusing um yeah. Yeah. with with this particular point can you explain that a little bit more because how can you have an efficient and ethical public yeah. banking system
1: I mean this world is so corrupt on so many levels everywhere you look right now and, and yes um you know, the commercial banks, the international banks, are not pure as the driven, the driven snow, and we can't see what they're <laughs> doing. You know, yes, I, would, uh, I would be, I would, yeah, that's always a problem. But yes. with an institution that we own, like the LCBO, for instance, I mean, mm-hmm. can you name any scandals at the LCBO? You know, that that crown corporation generates a couple of billion dollars a, a, a year for for Ontario. Um, they run a tight ship cause I know people there and, um, you know, they love them or hate them. You know, the provincial government is happy to have them pulling in that money and we should be happy to have them pulling in that money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take us paying attention. Again, we need to yeah. be citizens and we wouldn't have corruption in public institutions if we showed up to the meetings and they knew we were watching them. It, mm-hmm. it falls on our, yes
0: we've let this happen collect like collectively every person you know i have conver- over the years you've probably heard it two conversations with people like ah either i'm not interested in politics they're all corrupt or they're all you know they're all liars and she so they just disengaged instead of saying you know what either i'm going to step up and run um because i've got integrity or i'm going to show up and question and push back and neither yeah. one of those is happening you know? yes yeah. so
1: we all just when we all disengage and say, oh, "You know, it's such a mess. I, I'm just going to get out. I'm going to go play golf," you know, then then it just goes crazy, you know. Yeah. We 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 just can't. To, yeah. Anyway, we just have to watch what's going on.
0: You know what? It's it's so true. I mean, you if know. you don't clean up your mess, it just mm-hmm. grows bigger and bigger, and you
1: yeah. know. We're <laughs> like a crown corporation that is run like a business. Right.
0: Know, like okay. Government.
1: Okay you know it, it is accountable it has to be audited every year it has to be you know so that's the difference it's not like a yeah
0: yeah
1: it's not the government directly it's okay
0: not- so what's next then what's our
1: number um, so next on the list was uh, a greater use of monetary financing uh which is sort of what we were talking about before you know government with respect to the P3s, you know, governments right. don't need to borrow money for infrastructure. And that's what monetary right. financing is. That's what the creation of money to pay for serve was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in Canada, we've been able to do that in this country for a long time. We own our own central bank, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that Other is countries
0: a- don't? Other countries don't?
1: Um, just uh, they can now, they had to. In fact, it was illegal for the Federal Reserve to buy bonds directly from the US government, they had to change the law when COVID happened in order for them to do that, or the nation would have collapsed. Same as ECB, the European Central Bank, it was illegal for the European Central Bank to buy bonds directly from any nation within the EU directly. Uh, Only the primary dealers, they call them, and they use that term here too, uh, for the banks had the ability to go into the market and buy those. When there was a bond auction, the primary is dealers were the ones that had first dibs on them.
0: Is that positive? I mean, is that a positive switch? I mean, um, owning your own, like moving towards everyone owning their own central bank? Or I mean... Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I have to tell you a, a fascinating little anecdote. My frustration I've been talking... I've been a monetary reformer for years and years and years yes. talking about this stuff. Oh my gosh. It is... It is frustrating. It is tough to communicate these ideas. And I don't know why. They're actually very simple. But I do think we're all conditioned to just Mm -hmm. like it turns a switch I mentioned certain keywords a switch is flicked and the lights go out
0: and, and... <laughs> yes I've noticed that with many things
1: oh my gosh. yes
0: unbelievable yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. that's so, why I'm trying um... to
0: get it I'm working really hard to get all these things I remember when you came over to my house once I had that big event mm-hmm. and what I really gained from your talk because a lot of it was going right over everyone's head including mine was keep cash, I got that, <laughs> and, I got cash and when we had that big storm I know you in uxbridge it was like hey i got lots of cash you need yeah, everything i was delivering pizzas like a pizza delivery girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go it works uh, yeah so i have to you know we're doing our own little discussion here but i have to just for for further listening uh yeah. people uh, one person i hugely respect Ed, edward dowd who was yes. a yes Yes, you know of him, a BlackRock um, portfolio management stepped away mm-hmm. from that, though, but has a deep, deep, deep understanding. And uh, just uh, if, you, if you only want to listen to one thing from him, he did a conversation with Greg Hunter. It was a USA oh. watchdog, I think. Um, fascinating. And watch it once, twice, three times. It'll really? sink in. And just
0: oh, okay. so yeah.
1: concise. How do you spell
0: his last name for those who are like maybe writing this down and want to
1: listen to that? E O W D.
0: Okay, Edward Edward Dowd, and it's Red Hunter.
1: You can just Google, uh, um, it and put
0: that in your. Red, search. Engine. Red Hunter. Greg. Okay, sorry. That was the uh, okay. Excellent. So let's continue then. So, you know, so we're already moving it in your opinion in the right direction. Uh, You know, that was after COVID Canada was already there, um, owning their own central bank. So what else is on your list? What's next?
1: So to, to return to my little anecdote about privately owned banks versus
0: yes, yes, yes
1: central banks. Um a little bit of US history. I mean, the Fed is the fourth private central bank in the US. Really? So wow. prior to that, going right back to the um the American Revolution and the the Declaration of Independence. They realized they needed a, a central bank, and uh, so they've had three: the first bank of the United States, second bank of the United States. I think the first one was called the Bank of America. Um, they had twenty-year bank charters, um, so they. The, so these were private bank, private European bankers that came in and said, "We can handle this for you." Um, the American people didn't trust that they would do a great job. So they had a charter. We'll just give it 20 years and see where we are. And at the end of each of those 20 year periods, the country was in a mess. And because the people understood, ah, oh, those European bankers, you know, those private bankers have done it again. Yeah. They broke their charter and went back to a public system. Oh,
0: could, could I ask you, I mean, uh, I, it's fascinating. Why did they allow the Federal Reserve to continue so long as a private?
1: Uh, because the private bankers learned that if going, if they have 20 years and they're going to be up for review in 20 years they get kicked out. So when the Federal Reserve finally came in, there was no there was no term to their charter. Oh,
0: that was a mistake. So Great. Very
1: clever. They, yeah, three times burned, they learned their lesson. There's no uh, to so they can
0: burn us. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to return to Ed Dowd, he also uh, spoke with Steve Bannon, who's a cultural yes. figure these days, an interesting guy. And I'm not passing any comments on him personally, but this was an amazing awakening. Ed Dowd did a, a conversation with Steve Bannon, and it was called Four Converging Forces That Will oh, Destroy. I him. want to listen to something that. like that. Mm-hmm. to that effect um and ed Dowd said what we need in the marketplace right now is more liquidity which is what i was talking about but where is the liquidity coming from is it borrowed money or is it or, or is it um, Our own. monetary financing um at this steve Dowd said whoa 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 that's weak dowd um how do you put it he said um so you're telling me the junkie's starting to sweat. You're going to give him more heroin. I, 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 it's such a colorful person. You know?
0: Yes, 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 yeah. The,
1: the fact was, I thought, wow, you're insulting your guest. You're telling him his week. Like you're two, five minutes into your hour-long mm. conversation and you're insulting Jeez. your guest. Wow. <laughs> Dowd knows his stuff. He's unflappable. And he spent the rest of that time explaining to Steve Bannon, exactly what we're talking about, but in a, in a different way. And you, you have to hear, people learn and understand things differently. You have to hear over and over again in different yeah. ways. And he is brilliant. He just cuts right to the chase. At the Absolutely. end of that, you could tell that Steve Bannon was getting it. Then a couple of months later, maybe three months later, um, he was the keynote speaker, speaker for CPAC, the yes. Conservative yes. Action he, Committee. Yes,
0: Hardy, yes. He
1: got up there. And he basically gave everyone a history lesson of banking, talking about the evils of private banks versus public banks, he said, and the Fed. He said, first of all, I wanted to have the Fed audited. Now I think we just need to get rid of it.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Yes. Uh, Exactly. I mean, (laughs) the evils of private banking, Uh, it goes back hundreds of years. They started, the thousands, yeah, the whole fractional reserve system. I mean, even, you know, Right back, biblically to Jesus's time, you know
1: that he always
0: had an issue with that uh, with the lenders.
1: (laughs) I don't know where I heard this, but someone said the only time Jesus got pissed off was when he went into the temple and had a fit and had a tantrum. (laughs) You know, it's yeah,
0: kicked over the tables. Yeah, (laughs) the root of all evil. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, I thought I thought that was kind of I thought that was kind of brilliant. But this has been going so uh, talking about resets and what the new system, and what's coming. Um, This has happened over and over and over again. And you hear this term, debt jubilee. You probably, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, you hear this term debt jubilee because that's what happens all privately run monetary systems are Ponzi schemes, essentially.
0: Yes, so
1: can be maintained a long time, some a shorter time. A fractional reserve system could be maintained a long time because you can adjust the reserves and you can play it out. And I think that's why Jacob Rothschild got so upset and went public and said, we're in uncharted yes. waters, buy gold. Why would a banker be saying that? And my th- This is just my theory. Um, I think they figured, they've spent hundreds of years in the international banking business and made gazillions of dollars. Oh yeah. Had a perfect model. Then the upstart young, smart Alec, you know, Bank for International Settlement, people came along and said, "Um, what about a zero percent reserve system? If we can make this much with fractional reserve, with 10%, what if we had no reserves? How much more money would- Yes this is my theory jacob Rothschild said you're killing the goose that laid the game. Yeah,
0: exactly exactly <laughs> i agree yeah he knew it that would that would be the that much greed would be their demise thank okay. in a way thank goodness because we're going to be much better off out of that system so getting that little extra bit more greedy has uh, basically spelled their doom luckily okay. for us
1: Abruptly, yeah, yeah. Um, I so mean, it's
0: going to be pain, a little bit painful, the transition, obviously. How long will that last? But ultimately, better.
1: <clears throat> it, it will only to the extent that the powers that be want to make it painful. We could transition through this without the average person even noticing that.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, more of us need to understand these options that I was like ex- tr- uh, that I was explaining. Okay. And,
0: yes. And the, Interesting. Just, this is fascinating. People. Are you ready to move on to the next the next of the ten, is everyone? Yeah, I like, know
1: we kind of like. Know I- place here a little bit, but um, so the other side of that equation is, um, Polyev. I don't know if you listened to the uh, the, the speech he did out in uh, Regina on August third. He mentioned twice about stopping money flowing out of the country. And Good. In the country. Uh, and this speaks to that. It's some form of currency control. Um, mm-hmm. Because how that those P3s are extracting money. So we want to keep the money in the country. And this is not being protectionist. It's just closing our monetary system and having better control over inflows and outflows and so on. So I-
0: I have to say with Poliev because I know that you mentioned him a lot, but, you know, some of his ideas for finance, I think, mm-hmm. are positive. And as you said, he's, he's coming along, but some of his economic ideas are poor. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he, his solution to our uh, health care crisis is to um, get people from foreign countries to come and, and replace the jobs of the, the people who've been fired. Uh, for not taking the experimental shot so I mean he could simply he, he just even won't go there to say end the mandates hire people back um, stop the discrimination he he can't even say that so that's gonna that's gonna create more suffering economically as people who are uh healthy and trained can't even get a job in their field so I mean I like some of his finance ideas but I just wanted to say because I am uh, obviously supportive of of some of the other parties that stood against factors that really impact our money and people's personal finance that I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says and I prefer some of the uh, le- uh, obviously ppc took a stand that i think is uh, the right one and would help economically as well so
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, don't construe my talking of i speak of him a lot because he is likely the one who is going to be the leader and you know and as i say the 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 leadership the, the, the debates are ongoing and this is all unfolding right now um,
0: so, uh, set, you know, so keeping that kind of currency in our country is is the idea. Um, on this list as well, instead of, you know, allowing it to leave the country. So that keeps it in circulation.
1: So a couple of ways to do that. One was the P3s we talked about. The other one is an an ending uh, single family home REITs. Um, And this is huge money. This is money coming into the country. This is kind of the opposite. It's money coming into the country, but ultimately it's acquiring um, properties. And we're moving to a, a rentier economy. Um, yeah. And what's going to happen is that this money has been converted into tangible assets in our country, but extracting wealth through rent payments. So yes. it's two steps, you know, but that's a new thing. Single family home REITs didn't exist two years ago or three years ago. Yes. Uh,
0: it's very disturbing and we talked about BlackRock and and this is happening all over. I know North America, I'm not sure about Europe, but they're they're paying more for yeah. um, these homes. So yeah. more than other people. So when fl- driving up the prices and then taking over um, so that people can't buy, can't afford to buy something. I think I agree hundred percent that has to stop. And now we see prices coming down for houses with the interest rates going up. Um, do you think that's going to balance things out, or do we need regulations to stop them? Foreign entities from coming in that's and that's
1: part of that. I mean, most people attribute this uh, this growth in price, this increase in prices, to foreign investors and the, mm-hmm. the Hong Kong investor in Vancouver. You know, and they implemented some controls there to stop the acquisition of properties and speculating in in real estate. So that's the other side of it. But that um, is, you know, dwarfed by the amount of money that BlackRock and Vanguard and those massive private equity companies have to bring in here through Mm -hmm. many other channels. So it's kind of a scapegoating thing because, you know, to say it's that Chinese investor and blame that. Okay, maybe to an extent, Small
0: that yeah black rock and vanguard i mean they own uh i i I talked with someone else who said their name is their mission statement really what they want to you know just end humanity (laughs) turn the earth into a black rock and they're doing a good job of it in all the sectors they own um extracting i think like 21 trillion dollars like a parasite from our economy so yeah instead of extracting money from each country, we need to have that closed loop cycle so it can stay within and citizens within each country can utilize it and benefit from it. I
1: agree. So, the yeah. by Vanguard, of course, and Vanguard, I mean, to look at the term of, is is the, the advanced force of the military that goes in to prepare the ground for the main body of the army, you know, so you can
0: read
1: yeah. that in, in another yes. way. Well, yes,
0: well, not not well, positive. Yeah. With <laughs> yeah. symbolism is so obvious when you yeah. look at it and I think they're making it more obvious too. Mm-hmm. This is very negative uh, symbolism to wake people up. So what else is uh, this is all amazing stuff. And <laughs> I mean, I like that you're heartening people that you know, it doesn't have to be so down, gloomy. Um, And they want us to feel gloomy too. That's, you know, it's a bit of, it's a psyop mental uh, break your spirit, you know, like break your bank. So um, there are some really simple practical things we can do to turn this around and with minimal pain is what yeah. you're saying so yeah. what else what else unless you want to cover anything more on that well,
1: i won't go on with that list because i'm like most of the way through there
0: okay good yeah i'm on like i'm used to being a student eight yeah, nine I, ten I, what I, else i got so, all mixed
1: up anyway but I. yeah
0: that's it. okay overlap some uh, of them.
1: this will be published and i have been sharing my email love it. that i've sent on to these various candidates and um in part to put them on notice that hey, this is not just some guy from Oxford sending you a letter. Yes. There's 700 people aware of the fact that you have this letter. You now know this information. It's like a notice of liability. almost. Yeah,
0: exactly. I like it. I love it. More than like it. I love it, David. That's so amazing. And how you much are,
1: do you get them to listen? Yeah,
0: <laughs> and you send it to me. I'll send it out within my network as well. And make sure Maxime has a copy as well. Maxime Bernier. Wonderful. So I'd be pleased to do that. I know there's so much that we can do. Um, so I'd like to shift a little bit too personal finance just to end up today. And some of the things people can do to hedge uh, against whatever period of time this is, other than, of course, I talk to people about, you know, having uh, non-perishable food and, you know, cash, gold, silver, but all those practical things for even even a generator if the power, you know, power issues. So that's a whole prepping thing, but purely mm-hmm. financial, is there anything else that you um, can can recommend and people do, I mean, should they get out of their stocks? I mean, I know you're not, this isn't advice, it's not to be construed, but um, is there anything loosely that you can advise that, that you feel comfortable advising?
1: For sure. Yeah. And again, on, uh, on that front, I would defer to Ed Dowd. In one of the interviews, Yes, uh, he was asked, do you, do you own any stocks? And he said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, he's completely on, on the sideline in cash. Um, he's not... The other nice thing about him is that he's not totally pessimistic. Um, oh, that's good to hear, too. Neither am
0: I. Yeah.
1: 60% downside, ultimately. We're not there yet. Um, he also, the, the other thing that really people don't understand, he said, yes, the dollar is going to fail, but to the upside. So everyone's talking about the dollar is going to go to zero, it'll be worth nothing. He's saying, and he backs it up, which is why I suggest listening to his explanation. The dollar is going to fail because it is becoming so strong. And this has never happened before where commodity prices and the US dollar both go up at the same time because commodity prices are generally based in dollars. That's a complete bizarre aberration. Um, But it causes problems. When uh, when a nation's currency is too strong, they can't sell their goods overseas, it causes a whole other set of problems. So he's saying the dollar is going to fail to the upside. Really. Um, So the point to remember is, you know, if you're in the US, you know, the US dollar is still king, still the world reserve currency, People are probably not going to widely accept the Chinese currency. We don't have the, the United Nations, the IMF SDRs yet.
0: Can I just interject quickly before we get too far along? Do you think the Chinese currency will go up as well as a as a hedge or or you're you can't comment really on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is all speculation. In, in, in and Yeah,
0: I totally. I know you're just so much more knowledgeable than That's I am. That's
1: the point with financial information um, is that it all depends on what system we end up with when we come out. Yes, with it. who I, knows,
0: right? Yeah,
1: it's a difference. And everyone is a different scenario. It's- so, a crapshoot
0: um, because there's there's I follow so many uh people. Yeah. I mean, you like you do, but and I'm all over a healthcare, finance. You know, it's my whole day. I don't have time for any of my channels. I've gotten rid of cable, and I don't listen, watch any of the TV shows. that's yeah. all crap. But this is fascinating. So, so keep the powder
1: dry, you know, and stay in cash as much as you as you can. Yeah, but um, some
0: of them recommend buying currencies like the Zimbabwe currency, the dong. You know, Vietnamese. They say that they're all gonna to go up because there will be an equalization that it may be false maybe uh one of those like
1: no that bathroom. is true risky you know
0: yeah I have I've, like, I
1: have not I I've, I've like buy low and sell high well a stock could also be delisted and it's the same if Zimbabwe like Zimbabwe my god you know it's like they don't exactly have a, a great record well of...
0: I wanted to get your feedback <laughs> I listened to everything and then I let I kind oh, make
1: yeah. my
0: own I didn't do it but I uh, mm-hmm. uh I do have a little Chinese currency uh, tucked away. The yuan. <laughs> I must admit.
1: I think that's done okay, actually. I
0: know. I I so far I've been hitting pretty good with all yeah, my. <laughs> dude,
1: I should be. i i Yeah. I want to hear. What TV, yeah. No I, no. I
0: I moved into cash too soon, though. Okay. I got Really freaked out last year, but. Uh,
1: I got this out of my system working when I was 21, working in the trading pits and just. Yeah. Like, No, okay it's sort of i'm done with all that (laughs) yeah so
0: so what so we're getting um uh you know anything so basically keep cash stay optimistic don't overspend pay off your debts is you know that type of advice for people listen to edward doubt i am going to listen to him he um I think both of those uh, videos sound excellent. So, Greg Hunter and Steve Bannon with Edward Dowd. Anything else or any other uh, places you could recommend people go? I know um, uh, what what's the lady's name again? I'm just having a forgetful moment here. Um, the British lady who lives in uh, the heavy hitter in finance. Um, she's amazing on finance. That's- yeah Catherine Austin fits. I've listened to so many she's of her videos Denmark, now, but... Denmark okay she is amazing and mm-hmm. she called this out early and she goes into the mind control as well like she said you have to realize people are uh, captured with mind control but from a finance standpoint she just laid it out perfectly clear she's got great stuff anyone anything else you can recommend
1: um yeah. Keeping it, keeping it as simple as possible. If you have real estate already, you're probably in a good position. You know, Um, I won't recommend more actual investments because that's not my, that's not my field. If you got some gold already and some silver, great. Uh, Don't go crazy.
0: But don't stress. Basically. Don't
1: stress. Don't stress because what we're talking about is a transition, and mm-hmm. it's not that. Oh my God, I have to convert everything into something that's going to be tangible. And yeah, you don't the have bank's
0: going to gonna fail. My money's all going to go away. It's yeah, not. You
1: cash. don't have to sit on a mountain of gold, you know,
0: <laughs> or Just cash. Have
1: to, you <laughs> have to have enough on hand to get through a period of time, and. The power elite does not want the system, they will not want blood in the streets. If that happens, they have failed too, because in that scenario, things are very unpredictable, and they are just as likely, more likely, because they've proven themselves completely incompetent at that point. They will build from the ground up. They don't want that. They want, like happened in 74, like happened in 94, Mm -hmm. smooth transitions that the public is completely unaware of. Or they'll sell you, just get your new app on your phone, it'll be convenient.
0: Yes, that's what we don't want.
1: Friendly, you know. That's
0: a prison. That is a financial prison system where they can dock you if they want for yeah. bad behavior or say, you can't buy steak. Sorry, your, your, your card doesn't work. You can't buy that food item because yeah. you were bad. I didn't like what you posted on Facebook. So yeah. really what I'm taking away from this amazing chat, I mean, if people can just resist at all costs, move into a digital centralized digital currency Mm -hmm. uh, under the guise of convenience as the solution for the financial collapse and you know for some of these other solutions that are going to benefit everybody And, you know, move us off this whole fractional reserve system, the private banking fractional reserve system that's been around, yeah, for thousands of years, possibly more than that, because we only really have history recorded to some degree, whether it's accurate or not for that. Um, So, um this is fascinating well is there anything else you wanted to say before we end up today david but you know this has been amazing i've i've learned a lot today <laughs>
1: well, thanks. um yeah it's it's good to be sort of put on the spot and to sort of put everything to try and put everything together and to to, to just tie a lot of these stories because i follow this line and that line yes. and the other thing and and it is all related um you know this goes back to um, yeah you know no thing i'm going to leave it there cuz I, <laughs> I i <laughs> yeah,
0: it's perfect yeah, yeah. yeah. we're yeah. another 20 minutes to explain the next yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: I just love telling these stories.
0: Well, we'll we'll keep that for the next time. We'll have to have you on again in maybe October, you know, as things play out more. And then you can comment on what's happening, what direction we're going in and, you know, more stories. So thanks so much. Maybe I
1: can just add, if you, as you suggested, could share these points and let's just keep our politicians on the hot plate and say.
0: Yes. Yes. You, have to, like,
1: you can't pretend you don't know what to do now. We know we have to fight the CBDC and Central Bank Digital Currency. Here's what we also need to be doing because if we don't do this, we're going to get that because it's the only thing on the table. This needs right. to be on the table. So oh.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and all your work um, within the the freedom movement. You're you're helping out not just on the financial side, but other sides as well. I know you've helped with some of the, the political side. Hopefully you can help me uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm having a trivia night in a few weeks, so I'm glad that you guys are yes. coming.
1: Looking forward
0: to. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it fun with people, educate, fun, and inspire, so they're not overwhelmed, and then just keep them, you know, taking action, because uh, we all do that together. Actually, it's it's uh, heartening when you work together, and uh, you know, as I've said before, it can be quite fun, even though there are some very dark moments. It can be, and it's thrilling when you get a small win too, or breakthrough to someone. So, anyways, (laughs) thanks so much. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, Tish. You too. I know. Hi.